Welcome to another edition of the Superflight Podcast, your Peter Saul of NBA podcasts, because this podcast is also sometimes overtly political and hopefully just as much fun. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Joe Borelli, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. It is now Saturday, November 3rd. Uh, we recorded this podcast last night, me and Shamik Mohile, um, and uh, it was fun. It was good times. And then I had to go to bed so I can get up and go to work today. Anyway, so I'm doing this now and recording it, and I'm actually going to cut this beginning part probably pretty quick because we actually did a whole lot of talking about nothing at the beginning of the pod, so that will actually take the, the place of my story today. Um, anyway, if you guys want to get in touch with the show, you can do so in a number of ways. You can tweet at me at Joe Borelli on Twitter. You can tweet at the Superflight Podcast at Superflight Pod. You can email the show at the Superflight Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow along on SoundCloud and Stitcher and iHeartRadio and Google Play and iTunes or iApple Music, whatever it is now, Apple Podcasts, I don't know. And if you do that, please rate and review and uh, give me five stars because you know I deserve it. And that, is that conceited? I don't know. Maybe I don't deserve it, but I would love it. So please give it to me. And uh, yeah, reach out and say hi. I don't hear it from enough of you on uh, on the social media and probably because I don't do enough social media-ing, um, I'm really terrible at it. And honestly, I just, just, you know, a lot of people just are off social media now, like JJ Reddick, because I'm just riffing on Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcasting. But um, I, I've been off of Facebook for, almost completely off Facebook for a long time. Once in a while, I'll check it out. But Twitter, I'm trying to do, you can't have a podcast without having Twitter, right? It's just that, like, I, I'm not particularly funny online, and uh, I'm, I'm way better when I'm talking to someone. Um, so it's hard for me to make tweets and, get, you know, have good things to say. So I don't know. Um, but if you interact with me, I will, I will absolutely say hi and, and tweet you back. But, yeah, where was I going with that? Nowhere. Anyway, um, coming up, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff, me and Sham do, and uh, it was fun. Happy Halloween to everybody. Uh, I didn't do this. You'll hear this. We didn't. We didn't, We were supposed to do it Tuesday and then Wednesday, but Wednesday was Halloween, and I just wanted to chill with my wife and watch some horror movies. And then it got pushed back and pushed back. You know, these things happen. So it's a late podcast this week. Next week, I'll hope to get it to you earlier. Um, and there will be a Dunk Tales next week, too. It's just it's been, you know, a struggle to get things together. So it's a busy time. It's a busy world we live in. And, uh, you know, we do what we can to entertain you guys and gals um, for no monetary gain. Anyway, that's not true. Uh, I made a little bit of money this time. Little, little bit. But every, bit, every little bit counts. So, without further ado, I think, can I cut this quick? After this brief musical interlude, oh, you know what? There was one other thing I wanted to talk about. I'm sorry. And this is actually basketball related. Um, I wanted to weigh it on the Sixers city jerseys real quick. Like, they're fine. They're, it's nothing special. Gray is always really, like, I like wearing gray, but as a uniform, it's kind of bleh. And doll, they're fine. They're whatever. I get that it's supposed to look like a sweatsuit. I get that it's supposed to look like Rocky. Here's my problem with the whole thing. I think Philadelphians actually think that Rocky is a real person. Like it's so fucking dumb. I am so. I, I get that they're tying the the promotion of the movie to the, you know, promoting the movie and promoting the 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 franchise, the Sixers franchise or whatever, the Sixers. Uh, Ball club? What are we calling this? Basketball team? NBA team? What am I saying? They're trying to promote the two things together. It's really... Okay, so my problem is it's dumb. It's dumb. Rocky's not a real person. Like, there's a lot of other boxers that came up in Philadelphia. Like Joe Frazier, for instance. I mean, come on, man. What the fuck? Um, and you know what? Even not, not even that. Like, there's a lot of jazz musicians that came out of Philadelphia. You know what? Not even that. Hall and Oates are from Philadelphia. Like, I, I mean, one of them's for, like, the Midwest, but whatever. They met at, at Temple. Like, they they are Philly as Philly gets. Uh, why not make a city jersey about them or something? Like, there's so many artists and musicians. And, like, if you want to make a city jersey, do, do something, like, you know, that actually, I don't know, it just makes me crazy. I hate the people go to the museum to see the Rocky statue. It's so dumb. The Philadelphia Art Museum, the Museum of Art there is one of the most amazing art like institutions in the world it's an amazing museum it they took it took them 35 years to build that thing if i if memory serves it is an amazing work of art just the museum itself and they have 
an amazing collection in there. Their Duchamp collection, they're, they're, is just stunning. Go check it out. I'm telling you, like, this makes me crazy. There's so many better things than this stupid fucking movie about a guy who's not even a real person. Like, why do I... Ah, all right, anyway. So, I don't really... I don't like it. I think, I think it's really dumb. Uh, I hate the whole Rocky thing. Like, I like the movie. The original movie was fine. And, you know, and when, you, when you're a kid, you know, Rocky Four was awesome and Rocky Three were awesome too. But, but you grow out of those quickly. But I'm um, just like, it's, it's stupid. Why do you have to make a city jersey with Rocky? It's nothing about the city. I just, it drives me nuts. Anyway, sorry, I had to go on a rant. That's all. Oh, wait, that's not all. Hold on. Uh, so we're past Halloween. That means that the New York City Marathon is tomorrow, Sunday, uh, as I'm recording this Saturday. That means that Superman's Guest List, the band that I'm in, uh, we'll be playing our annual gig, which is the New York City Marathon. So if you happen to be in Williamsburg tomorrow at North Nathan Bedford, stop by and say hi. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's a good time. And you can cheer the runners, and that's what it's all about. So that is all I have for you after this brief musical interlude. We'll be right back. Recording now. That looks good. So are we recording now? Yeah, we're recording now. Okay, so I want to ask first about your <laughs> haircut. Did you get just one of them cut, or did you get all of them cut? I got all of them cut. What do you think? It's... Uh, I like it. Thank you. Thank I you. like it. Yeah. She shaped, did you yeah. get the beard trim, too? I did. Look, she she trimmed my beard Oh, look down. at that. Look, I know. She got the Come razor, closer? the straight razor Come on closer? the face. Look at that. Yeah, you can see all the white. <laughs> oh, and look at that fade. Hold on a second. Take your headphones oh, yeah. off. This is the all fade. Right. Hold on. Oh, look at that. Damn, that's crispy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, she did a nice job. I tipped her like, I don't know. Let's see. She, the haircut in the shave was 25 bucks. I gave her 40 What's the tip? I don't know. 15 There you go. $15. $15. Damn, I tipped that's her 15 bucks. Tip. Holy shit. That's a pretty hefty <laughs> tip. <laughs> well, she did a good job. What can I tell you? I mean, yeah, that's true. I got to got to pay up for a good good haircut i guess yeah i never got <laughs> yeah. a shave before here's here's i'm gonna i'm gonna tell all my my listeners something about me that i'm really self-conscious about and i don't talk about i never get a shave when i go to a, get a haircut i'm just like no i'll do it myself i'll do it at home she's like okay i mean i'm she asked me so she has a very thick uh, uh russian accent oh, no russian, a russian okay. accent yeah okay she was asking me where i'm from i'm like originally pennsylvania i'm like where are you from she's like Queens. I'm like, what? She's like, well, I was born. I was born in Russia. Queens. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's where in Queens? Uh, anyway, <laughs> but she she goes to you know shape shape me up. She trims the beard. She's she she asked me if uh, I thought she asked me if I wanted products, but because her accent is so thick, she actually said if I wanted to be, you know ask if I wanted a beard trim. I was like, yeah, sure, why not. So she trimmed my beard for me and she's trying to get it. She's trying to get it straight. And yeah. here's the part that I don't like to tell people about. She's like, you know, trimming, trimming the, you know, shaving the beard down. She can't quite get it right. She looks on this side. She looks on this side. She leans over in front of me and looks at me and she's like, I can't, I can't figure it out. It's not quite straight. I was like, it's because my lips are crooked. <laughs> That's why I don't <laughs> let people trim my beard. I have crooked lips. They slant to one side. So now everybody knows. <laughs> she's Hold like, on, oh, let me yeah. see you just like look, look straight at the camera. Okay, but it's not that bad. Like no, it's I, not super I, pronounced. I do but see you, the slant, but yeah. it's, but yeah, I can imagine like lining up a beard would be pretty difficult if you didn't have straight. Yeah. Lips. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, at least you can get a haircut still. That's true. that's a good point. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I mean, you could you could let it grow out and comb it over. Oh my god, that would look that would like that would look horrible. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awful. I mean, you know, you're lucky that you have a good shaped head. A bald head suit suits you. Thank you. One of my friends said I looked like Humpty Dumpty. That's horrible. <laughs> That's not very <laughs> nice of them to say. No, let me like see. He let me, said for Halloween, I should have just had like. Uh... Yeah, it looks good, man. I mean, look, it's it's a, it's a tight it's a tight buzz. It looks fine. Yeah, I actually need to give myself a haircut. It, that's my Friday and Saturday routine before we go out to the bars. You know, I give myself a quick, you know, a little shave down, and uh, sh I, I actually like to trim out my own beard um, mm -hmm. because I have uh, straight lips. <laughs> I don't have crooked lips so that's my like it's my like it's my routine like some girls like put makeup on and mm -hmm. do this and that for three like two three hours before they go out for me I need the bathroom I need my shaving cream my razor 
and I need like a clean mirror. That's all I really need. And a shower, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Shower is key. Shower is key. Wait, do you shower before or after you shave your head? I, I always go shit, then I shower and then I shave. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's how most people do it. But still, I would think because you're shaving your head, you just want to wash it all off. Right. So you should sh- right, so- shave and then shower. So what I do is I do a sh- like a, a, a shower where I actually clean myself. I actually like sh- like shampoo my head and I you know use the soap and whatever, and then I shave my head and then I go back in the shower for just a rinse. Oh, all right. And then I come out and I'm good to go. All right, you're like you're like a combination Pizza Hut Taco Bell sort of thing. I, don't ask me. I have no it, idea where that came from. It must be. <laughs> it, it must be. I just feel like I'm wasting water. But, yeah. You know. You but are. look at the head though. So I mean. It's fine. I mean, it, you know, it looks good, man. It suits you. You know, and the other thing about having a, a mostly bald head is that you can take care of that shit yourself. I used to cut my own hair because living in New York, you know, it's very expensive. And I'm, I was at one point broke as fuck. Not at one point for like the first eight years I lived here, I was broke as fuck. Um, so I'd shave, I would cut my own hair. That takes a long time because I don't do it with a razor or a, a, a shears, whatever you call them, a, a buzzer, buzzer. Yeah, yeah yeah i do it with the scissors and like i'm like in the mirror, oh yikes like, oh yeah well because i'm an artist oh man and I so how do you get the back then because you don't i mean you don't by see feel, it obviously buddy. just by feel wow right. and so you didn't even have one of those like mirrors like the handheld ones where you can see it in the back nope nope wow just put it all by that hand. is risky yeah i mean i, I so you wore at... hats a lot then huh no no i just look like <laughs> a fucking idiot <laughs> no you didn't do the necessary. bowl method yeah Diddable. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, <laughs> this, this conversation is definitely not about basketball, but one that I'm enjoying thoroughly. There yeah, was one <laughs> other thing that we were going to talk about, yes. which is uniquely New York and uniquely your fault. <laughs> Why is it my fault? It is your fault because you realize when this happened, I was texting with you, which is why oh. it happened. And I wasn't watching where I was going. So just for all the listeners out there, Sham and I had been planning to do this on what Tuesday we were going to do it on Tuesday or we were going to do it on Monday uh, or it was originally on Tuesday and then we bumped it uh, to, to, Wednesday. to Wednesday and then Wednesday was Halloween. Wednesday was Halloween. And I want to watch some horror movies with my right. Wife. And then yesterday, my dog, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that after, but my dog <laughs> was not was having some bowel issues. So, this is uh, really all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> really, And it's all about shit. Yeah. What is your dog? Okay. Yeah, he's fine. He ended up just eating like 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 we had that bark box and we have those like chews that come in there and mm-hmm. I guess he's not supposed to eat the whole thing in one sitting. <laughs> and I, I I just give it to him and he runs away into like some other room and he chews on it and it comes back and it turns out he's not supposed to have that much whatever fat or whatever oh, was yeah. in that chew at once and I guess it just like ran through him. And so I had to chase after it and clean him oh, clean God. up my floors. Um, and take him to the vet. <laughs> I lo- I, that's okay. That's horrible. I love dogs, but man, I I, I can't own one. I, that's too much work for me. <laughs> but speaking of dogs, I'm walking to, of all places, I'm on my way to my therapy. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get my head right. Right. I'm walking <laughs> to therapy and I'm texting you and we're figuring out when we're going to do this thing. And I'm walking along and I step and my foot slides. I'm like, what the fuck was that? It's like one of those things where you, it's a unique feeling. You just know. Oh yeah. Yes. You know, you, you know what you stepped in. I stepped in. That, that foot slide is yeah. the key because <laughs> yes. that, that always happens and it, it always makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like just gets in all the grooves. Cause you just slid yes. down the side. I was like, ah, yep. son of a bitch. And, and, um, we wanted to talk about how there it's a unique, you New York thing, but I want you wanted to say something about it. What did you want to talk about? Just, no, I just wanted to talk about it on the pod. Oh, all right. I just wanted to have this discussion on the pod. All right. So then, so then I'm walking along. I had stepped in shit. I felt like an asshole. I'm like, that's what I get for not watching what I'm doing while I'm walking. They, you know, people really clean up around around New York after their dogs too, because you get fined if you don't clean up after your dog. So, people, so it was really just a happenstance that you happened to walk on the one time that someone didn't. Wow. Yeah, and I blame you. At least you didn't walk into a <laughs> pole or something, because I've I've read about people who are texting and walk into poles or walk into traffic or Ooh, something. Some lady that would have been way worse. Some lady a couple of years ago actually walked into a bus and it, it walked uh, into a bus. Yeah, I think she. Uh, I mean, she was killed instantly. It wasn't. I think she actually got decapitated. It was. It was like a horror movie. Oh scene. my god! Yeah. No, seriously, she wasn't paying attention. She walked off the curb texting, and like that was it. That was. It was all over for her. That's really morbid. But hey, this was Halloween the other day. Anyway, yeah. so the really new New York thing that I wanted to tell you about was I was walking by uh, a super of a building. And in New York, they always every morning they come out and they spray down their spray down their sidewalks. 
I was walking by this guy's like, bingo. <laughs> I walked up to him and I was like, hey man, I just stepped in dog shit. Would you spray off my foot for me? <laughs> he got the hose and he hosed me down. I felt like such an asshole for asking him this, but at the same time, I was really, I was really appreciative that he sprayed off my. I shoe mean, for it me. is his job, right, to clean the streets, to clean the well, to clean his building's sidewalk. Yeah, not to clean some dumbass's shoe that's dog shit on well, it. Well, did you step in the shit outside, like on his territory it was of a, the? No, it was a couple. It was a couple doors down. So. Ah, uh, okay. So, so he's just doing a good deed, which, yeah. it, it, which is not in New York. In no. Its nature. No, it's totally New York. New York gets such a bad rap, man. People in New York are awesome. People go out of their way to help people here. It's true. It's absolutely true. So I have a really good like New York accent. Go ahead. Uh, I can like I I can impersonate a, a good a good New Yorker as they say. Go ahead. Um. So like, what do I say? Like, hey, I'm from New York. Want to get a slice of the pie? Want to go get? Uh, Fuck Boston, you know. Let's go watch a Yankees game. Have a hot dog on the street. That is not a good New York accent. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I think it was a combination of New York, Philly, and Boston all rolled into one. But good job. I don't know. Effort. It's, it's, I got an F for effort. You get you get an F for effort. All right, Sham. Like this is a basketball pack podcast. As much as I've. Oh, by the way, what did you for, what did you do for Halloween? So I, uh, so I don't know if the listeners know or not, but I'm bald. Um, and yeah, and I'm also of a little, uh, of a darker complexion, not, not so dark, but not, I'm, I'm brown, but I'm like a light brown. You're very nice. Like you and I are almost the same color. I'm like a cappuccino color. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) so, uh, I ended up being pit bull for Halloween and I took a very cute pic with my dog who was also a pit bull. Um, and I just, I, and the caption was just a couple of pit bulls, you know? Nice. How did I miss that? Uh, I don't think I posted it to Twitter, but it was on uh, my other socials. What on Inst- You said it on Instagram? On Instagram, uh, and on Facebook. All right. Don't I follow you on Instagram? I don't know, but you should. I should. At Shamika Me Crazy. What is it? At Shamika Me Crazy. Oh, Shamika Me Crazy. Great. Good. Shamika Mohile. Welcome to the Superflight Podcast. <laughs> Once again, you want to talk Glad about to be back. Thanks, buddy. Like I'm a host here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you are part-time host of the Superflight. That's right. <laughs> Do you want to? Why don't you plug yourself and your stuff quick, and then we'll talk basketball. So uh, you can follow me at Sham Sham God on Twitter. That's probably my my most popular medium, my social media medium. Um, I've I've been writing for the B-Ball Index. Um, uh, covering the Pistons for them, and I, I've also started my own site with Matthew Way, uh, a Piston-centric site called Motor City Made, oh. and so I've been writing a few pieces here and there for that. So definitely check all those out. Motor City Made is like my baby, so make sure you follow them on Twitter at Mot M O T City Made. All right, I'm gonna do it right now. Hold on, there's gonna be a brief. Do it, yeah. There's gonna be a brief pause. Um... Shame. And it's a cool site. Like the the whole premise of it is that we're not bound by like a certain quota or a certain you know ad revenue target. It's just people who want to write about basketball whenever they can, like whenever they can, whenever they feel like um, you know they're able to. They produce good content. So all the articles we have on there have been like really passed around, really well received. So definitely check it out. It's good content. Uh, keep you entertained and informed. What and my podcast. Two Gods and a Goose mm-hmm. um, is uh, is affiliated with that, so definitely check out that my podcast. Uh, we just had a ghost hunter on the last episode, so that was really interesting to talk to and you know to, to talk about and and whatnot. So yeah, what's glad the, to be on. What's the at Motor City made? It's mo like M O T City made. Oh M O T City. I'm like is Motor City made. All right, so everybody's gonna get this right. Moat City made. Oh there you go. Follow. Yeah. All right. There you go, nice. buddy. You've got 434 now. <laughs> nice. Good job. Nice. All right. Let's 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 talk about basketball. We've goofed let's around for too long. I'm not editing <laughs> any of that shit out either. I don't care. Nice. Keep it in. Yeah, absolutely. I will keep it all in. Uh, I, you want to concern troll some teams? <laughs> concern trolling is... You know, the funny thing is I was like, let's concern troll these teams because earlier in the week it would have just been like, you know, oh, they're they're not they're not really that bad. They're just, Let's just concern troll them. Now they're... By the end of the week, these teams are actually really bad. Um, I think we should talk about the Wiz, Houston, OKC, which OKC is actually on a three-game win streak now, but they're still yeah. not, they're still not great. 
Wiz and Houston, man, they're uh, effing train wreck. And Philly has not been great either. They, we can kind of we can kind of concern troll Philly. Do you want to talk about the Wiz? Let's yeah. Let's start with the most problematic and work our way down. All right, or work our way up, I guess. The Wizards are the Wizards. What is going on with this team, man? You I, know, honestly, I, go ahead. No, no, no. It's just they're gonna they're a mess. What's up? Go ahead. They're a mess. I, yeah, it's it's just a very strange locker room. They have a very strange collection of pieces that, in all honesty, the the core hasn't really done anything. But that fan base likes to talk a lot as if they've done something and they really haven't done much of anything. So I think this season is like a slap in the face of reality for them um, where they're starting to realize that they're not exactly what they had intended to be, what they are, what they've been talking about. So I think we're starting to see like the real wizards here and I wouldn't be surprised if they like blew it up mid season. I mean, at this point, they have to. They have to do something. This is not working. Like, we've been saying about this. Try that again. <laughs> we've been saying this about the Wizards for the last two or three years now. They're like, all right, when when is the point at which they're just going to like pull the plug on this? Because it's clearly not working. Bradley Beal and John Wall don't like each other. John Wall and everybody else on the team don't like each other. Yep. Like, And the problem is that they've signed John Wall to a gigantic contract that they're never yep. going to be unlo- able to unload. So, like, what are you going to do? Like, you got to maybe trade Bradley Beal, but that sucks because he's the best player on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't and, know, man. Go ahead. And they've added Austin Rivers, who has had his own share of, you know, of tribulations in in L.A. when he was getting coached by his dad. And mm-hmm. he came to the Wizards and immediately started talking. And so... I don't know. It's just a very strange team, and it just seems very stale. And their offense doesn't really make sense. And John Wall is not doesn't fit. I mean, he's don't get me wrong. He's still a very good point guard. Sure, but he's not what we we think of today as like an ideal point guard in the NBA, where you are able to stretch the floor and make plays for others. I mean, the thing about here's the thing about John Wall. It's kind of an enigma. He's a really good passer. When he's at his best, he's an amazing passer. Mm-hmm. He's super fast. He can get guys in good positions when he really puts his mind to it. And he can't shoot for shit. So what does he do? All he wants to do is shoot. And he shoots all these mid-range jumpers, and it sucks. And like the team struggles because of it. He's also noticeably heavier than he should be like he he's, <laughs> yeah we noticed that in the off season we it, it looked like a totally different guy yeah he's he's like he's i don't want to say fat because he's not actually fat but man he's definitely put the, on the kids pounds. have a word for that it's called thick he's thick. t-h-i-c-c you know <laughs> yeah. he's it got a little thickness to him he's got a little thickness to him for sure i don't know it's the guy is never happy with anybody on his team and having somebody like that on your team who's supposed to be the leader of your team like the only time it works is if you're LeBron James. If if LeBron James hates all the guys on your team, he's still good enough to carry that team no matter who's on your team. Right. And then he gets good guys traded. If you're John Wall, you're just not that good. You're fast and you can pass, but you're not utilizing your your best skills. You want to be the guy. You want to be the man. And all you do is bitch and complain about everybody and piss everyone off. The thing that blows my mind is like we everyone has known that the Wizards had locker room issues, that they've had a hard time getting this team to gel and get along. And what did they do? They brought in Dwight Howard, who is known throughout the league to be yeah. disruptive in a locker room. And as you just mentioned, they brought in, what the hell's his name? Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, yeah. yeah. Two of the like biggest malcontents in your locker room now are guys that you just purposefully signed. It's like, what, what were they thinking? I, I honestly would love to know what the hell they were thinking when they signed them. Yeah. I, it's got to be time to blow this up. If I were them, man, I would like I would start shopping Otto Porter, see what you can get back from him for him. I would start shopping Kelly Oubre. I mean, I would shop every guy on that team. If you could get like two first round picks for Bradley Beal or a first round, a really high first round pick and a couple of good players, do it. Take it. See if you can like get something out of it. Well, like what 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 worries me about the Wizards is is that. They're so like all the good teams in the NBA, you know, whether it's the Boston Celtics are a good example, Toronto Raptors are a good example. Um uh they they have their max contract players, but they also are supplemented by really, really good role players and bench players. And I feel like the Wizards don't really have that. And they haven't had a, a good bench 
ever. Ever, yeah. yeah. So, I like they don't have any prospects. And yes, if you blow it up, like let's say you're able to, and honestly, they probably wouldn't even be able to get many good prospects back if they do blow it up because if they trade John Wall, the uh, whatever team takes on his contract is not going to want to then ship out assets to do that. He's not that good. He's not that kind of player. So. I just think that if they do blow it up, they're going to be left with expensive contracts and no talent, no young talent. They're going to be in the like at the bottom of the NBA for a long time. Yeah, kind of like what the Cavs are going through right now. Oof. The, the what Cavs, they, yeah, they're they're not in good shape. The Cavs. All right, we've said enough about the Wizards. Like, I don't, they're a train wreck. I, I I honestly thought that they would start out a little bit better than this, and they wouldn't really start falling apart until midseason like they do. And I thought a lot of it would be due to Dwight Howard, but man, they've hit the ground not running at all. <laughs> They're just it's it's not even worth talking about. I feel bad for Wizards fans, but just real quick. Go ahead. I now I did I and I I did predict and I still do think that they'll make the pro, like the they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll make it as an eight seed, and that's what I predicted. I'm just looking at my predictions right now. Oh my god! Um, I think they'll make it as an eight seed, but I could very well see them falling out from that. I mean, right now they would have to like they would have to turn it around in a hurry. They're one in six, dude. They're one in six and playing Oakland. Yeah, Oklahoma but there are a lot of teams just... that are, but there are a lot of teams that are that have that record that we still would want to put in the playoffs. True. All right. Well, let's move on. We want to talk about another bad team, the Houston Rockets. Well, I don't even understand what's wrong with the Houston Rockets, except for that they got rid of Trevor Ariza and Luke Mbamute, which I said, I called this, me and every other smart guy. Uh, I shouldn't put myself in that category. (laughs) (laughs) But I said they were going to miss those guys, man, because two of their best defensive players. You know James Harden isn't playing defense, and Chris Paul can't do everything by himself. Like, Nene's a little bit injured, so he's going to be out tonight, I think. He's been out. Oh, I don't know. He's got a calf strain, I think. And he's going to be rehabbed and come back in two weeks. And James Harden is nursing a hamstring, and I don't think he's playing tonight. So I don't know, man. It's not It's not looking good for them. Their defense is atrocious right now. They're, mm-hmm. Their defensive rating is 24 out of 30 right now in the NBA. Well, I don't know why I said out of 30 because, you know. But still, no, that's <laughs> no, bad. But, yeah. They're 24th it's, it's in defense. Bad. And the most surprising thing is they're – they're 25th on offense, offensive rating right now, which is kind of crazy. I, you know, you'd, you'd think that you still have James Harden, you still have Chris Paul, you've got something there, and you have Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And I I think right now for the Rockets, it's like a perfect storm of things that have gone, like just things have gone wrong. Like they really haven't been healthy this whole season. Um, Harden has missed a few games and is is looking to miss another one today. Um and then, like you said, Nene has been injured. And then also the wing defenders, like losing. Because if you look at that starting five, all they really lost was Trevor Ariza. And he he played such an important role in that team to provide that 3 and D, uh, lengthy wing, just switchy defender that that a lot of teams would pay a lot of money for, which is what the Suns what did. the Suns did, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, that, so they're, they're missing those two pieces. Um, but... I think we have to kind of temper our expectations because I don't think they're as good as last year. I think last year was more of an anomaly than than people want to give credit for. Um, but I think also adding Carmelo Anthony to the bench unit is not really, you know, conducive to winning, as you know, OKC can probably attest to. Um, I mean, but you, yeah, you essentially you replaced Luke Mamute, who's a really good defender. And a really good glue guy, and a really, he's a decent three-point shooter. He's a three and D guy, like he's the epitome of your three and D guy. You replaced him with Carmelo Anthony, who right now is not worth anything. So you really downgraded there. And getting Trevor Ariza, I mean, losing Trevor Ariza, that's yeah, like you mentioned, it's a huge. It's he's also another three and D guy. Like I, I just, I understand why they lost Ariza because he was way overpaid. Yeah, by the Suns, right. and I, I don't think I would have paid to keep him at that at that number either. But but you could have slid Mbah Mute in that same spot. Mbah Mute and, they could have kept. Yeah, but they 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 gave up two of them, and honestly, I really think they need to make a move to get Butler because if you slide him into that lineup, he solves almost all their problems. Like yeah. he's he's a three and D defender 
he can take over at the end of games when if James Harden and or Chris Paul aren't having the best game. Um, yeah, he's yeah, like I said, like he works he works well in transition. I, yeah, yeah so I just cre- think that he 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 makes a lot of sense for them. Totally, he can create his own shot. He's another ball handler who can you know. It's yep. always important to have more than one ball handler on the court. You can run him with the bench unit. You can, yeah, especially like you know he ran with the third stringers. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he can he can yeah, do anything. Be, looks like yeah. Yeah, uh, what do you you know? Speaking of speaking of Jimmy Butler, what do you think, man? Do you, do you, God, this I'm I'm so sick of this Jimmy Butler saga. So there, <laughs> it came out that the Rockets are offering four first round picks for Jimmy Butler. That seems like a lot to me. But what do you think? I, I mean, if you if you really think about it, like four consecutive first round picks, right, unprotected. This season, if well, you get if the Rockets be, get. It has to be in. It can't be in consecutive years. So it has to be every other year. And I Sorry, think it yes. has to cap right. at seven seasons. So yeah, you're right. But yep. go ahead. But the first two picks. I mean, if you, if, if this trade goes through and Jimmy Butler is extended, like everybody imagines he would be if mm-hmm. he signs in or if he gets traded to, to uh, Houston, the first like okay, so 2019 pick. It the the Rockets are going to finish, in the high 20s. Right. So that that pick isn't really as valuable. Um, the 2021 pick, the Rockets are probably still going to be competitive. And then the latter two picks are when it starts to get interesting. But you imagine in six years, five, six years from now, the Rockets are smart enough to kind of retool and reload and still remain competitive, not completely fall out of tank. So I don't know if that deal was, it's worth it, especially if, if like, I, I personally think they should have done the deal where, uh, Eric Gordon was involved and uh, like I don't know what the deal was before but the the first deal the Rockets threw out that was a better deal for Minnesota well and they almost traded on that and then Minnesota came back and said no this yeah, isn't enough we all that's want- a different story <laughs> I don't know what's going on there right, yeah, everybody knows story. what's going on there yeah. Tim uh, Tom Thibodeau he's just like he's he's just I, I, I want to say he's playing Russian roulette because eventually he's just gonna end up shooting himself with all this <laughs> like- I mean but but honestly if you were in his position I was trying to think of this from like from his his position, right? He's really in no rush to to trade him. Yeah. yeah, like the whole yeah the whole the whole culture and stuff is messed up in Minnesota, but they're still winning and they're still winning good games. I don't even know what to say about that. They're not though. <laughs> they're but they're not. like I've seen at least two games where Jimmy Butler has taken over and won the game for the for the Wolves. And now, I mean, now Derrick Rose is dropping 50. Oh, my God. We, we're and you, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Like, they're such a dysfunctional mess. They're 4-4. Four and four. It's not like they're, like, winning at a great clip. Two of those no, of games, I think they won when Jimmy Butler wasn't even there. And now he's going to be out for the foreseeable future because he's either hurt or he really wants to orchestrate his move out of there. So... But okay, so if you if you add Jimmy Butler and he's willing to come back and be a, like a part of this roster and can compete like he has been, you add then Derrick Rose, who looks like who actually and I I do not like Derrick Rose one bit. I don't like what <laughs> he's either. done. I don't like his history. Yeah, I don't like his story. I don't like anything about him. But I, like, I will. Yeah. I don't. Like but I will say. Talk. I don't like. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like anything about him. But I will say he has played well this season. Sure. He has played well, and if you. If if he can, I mean, he's not going to drop fifty every night. But if he can be that go-to scorer off the bench for them, that's that's a pretty good team. That's really all they were missing. Well, all right, fair uh, enough. Among other things, but but yeah. yeah, but that was a big piece that they were missing. Yeah, um, I think we got sidetracked. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. We were talking about Houston. Now we're Houston. About Houston. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so you're talking about Houston? That's all that they're missing is that Jimmy Butler piece. Or you're talking about Minnesota was just missing the the Derrick Rose piece. Uh, I would say Houston is more likely to to. I think adding Jimmy Butler to Houston would make them competitive immediately. All right, I agree. I I totally agree, and I think good health for James Harden would also help. But you know, I, there's also a couple other parts of this equation though, and I I can't help but think that maybe the reason they're not playing well this year is a that you know. Carmelo Anthony just is a life suck and he, you know, he, like, he just, he just like is not good and you shouldn't be playing basketball anymore. And it's the Carmelo Anthony effect, but B I actually think there's a little bit of a Chris Paul effect where he just wears on his teammates. And we already know that James Harden mm-hmm. 
doesn't have time for idiots. Look, look what happened with Howard, Dwight Howard. Like, it went sour quickly. And I think maybe, may, I'm just speculating. This is pure speculation. I have no insider information. But I just wonder, like, how long that Chris Paul, James Harden, because I thought this was going to happen last year. I thought that James Harden was going to get on Chris Paul's nerves and vice versa. And Chris Paul would just keep yelling at him. And he'd be like, look, dude, I'm, pu- I'm dropping 29 and, and 9 every night. Like, w- shut up, you know? I kind of feel like maybe that that relationship could be starting to sour. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. They need both those guys on oh, the team they to do, be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, even if it's souring, like figure it out. Like if you tra- if, you, if you trade one or both of them, like that team is oh, is I'm, nowhere near competing with the, no. with Golden State. I'm not suggesting they trade one of them. I'm just trying to think of, think of the the root of the evil. Like, what is really going on there? Is it is it really just maybe they just I don't know. Maybe they're wearing I, on each other. Maybe I'm just making shit up because I feel like it. I I think also we just need to give them time. Like yeah. it, it's what eight games in the season, seven games in the season. Yeah, man, it's time. Let's to have panic. this conversation. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if they can get Jimmy Butler, that would be fantastic. But let's see. I mean, if they get Jimmy Butler, they'll immediately compete with Golden State. Like yeah. immediately, I think that they will be competitive and competitive enough to put, to potentially beat Golden State. As as constructed, I don't know if that's the case, um, but I think they're better than they than their record shows. I mean, I or, I yeah. still would worry about their bench a little bit. Like, I mean, because now I I can't help but miss Mbamute on that team, man. I mean, if you got you know if you've got Car- Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench, it's like what do you, what do you if you have Anthony, you've got not much. Uh, they have Gerald Green, James Ennis, I guess, has played okay. Michael Carter Williams, dude, they've got <laughs> no bench. It's not, it's not good. So, I mean, there's obviously no, it's terrible. Yeah, there's obviously you can't tell me for a second that like because the Warriors are so deep, they could just keep one of those guys on the court at any given time, and they're still beating them. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, the top the, if you have a, a three man lineup of Butler and Chris Paul and James Harden, that's a really formidable lineup. Um, but I'm not saying like wait until the deadline to make a move. Like, I'm just saying wait like another ten games. Yeah, that's and then see where they're at. I mean, who knows? They might go eight and zero in the next eight games. Who knows? Because that team kind of does that. Like that, you know, if Harden gets healthy and Nene gets healthy, and they start putting shots together, making plays for others, they could win a lot of games. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose that could happen. Fair enough. Let's move on. Um, no, excuse me. God, I'll, I'll edit that little burp out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about OKC. So we, here's their last couple games. They, they, they beat Phoenix, you know, 117 to 110. Better. Yeah, you would think. They beat the Clippers 128 to 110. And the Clippers started off really hot, but they're, they're sliding a little bit now too. They lost three in a row, I think. They lost to Philly last night, which was a really close game. And the Clippers are good, man, but they don't have that star power. Anyway, I do like the Clippers this season. Um, but they, they OKC finally beat a good team. And then they, they beat the Hornets, you know, 111-107. And the Hornets are a decent team too. I think they're below 500 right now. But... You know, before that, they started out really slow. Russell Westbrook didn't play the first game. Maybe the first two, I forget. But when he did come back, you know, he, I think he's he's taking a little bit of time to get acclimated to the team again, to get his legs under him. But mm-hmm. that one game that they lost against, was it Boston? Was it Boston? Boston? When he yeah, because I remember watching that game. Yeah. Four minutes without scoring a single point. And he just he tried to go ham, and he just basically destroyed the yeah. team. Like, he it was – I just watched the highlights. I'm like, this is – this is why people pick on you, Westbrook. Like, you have to be better than this. You have to be smarter than this. You have to get your teammates involved. Because if you're a one-man army against Boston who can put anything on you, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. You need to get other people involved. And that's always been the knock on him. Like, I love that Russell Westbrook plays with so much heart and he wants to take the team on his back and do everything himself. And I, I admire that. But you also have to know, you have to be smart enough to know when you can't and share the ball. So... I don't want to blame him for this slow start, but, and I certainly don't want to say that Robert Roberson not being in there is reason for their slow start, but, um, it's not looking great so far. What are your thoughts on the team? I, I just don't think it's very fair to, to blame Westbrook for being what he's been for the past three years. Yeah. Like they, like he hasn't changed his entire career, (laughs) but I think less so when KD was on the team, I think he deferred a little bit more, but ever since KD left, like 
he has been the same. He hasn't changed his play style, his mindset, the shots he's been taking. It's all been the same. Mm-hmm. What has changed is what's been around him. Now, Roberson, a great defender, would help get Russ in, in transition off of steals and off of good defensive plays. Steven Adams um, has a lot of pressure on him because they don't really have much like good wing defenders right now. Dude, they're sixth but in I think defensive rating right now. They're sixth in defensive rating, but they don't have Roberson. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all it's all on Adams right now. If you look at Adams' defensive like like on off, it's 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 large. Yeah, um, just like him. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what I was saying is that I think OKC needs to look itself in the mirror and say, okay, instead of changing Russ, because Russ isn't going to change, he hasn't changed. Change the pieces around him. Surround him with shooting. They don't have any shooters around him. And that's what we saw like in that Boston game. How like we saw him drive into the paint and look for shooters and end up putting like a, like some ill-advised shot up yeah. or trying to dump it off to Adams or something like that. And he doesn't have anybody to pass it to. And towards the end of that game, Russ was looking for a Brinus on almost every play just for some sort of three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. So if they if they snagged like like I, I think Corver would be a great fit for them. Oh yeah, Corver is definitely gettable right now too. Yeah, I think Corver would be a great fit for them if the Pistons decide that they want to start like that they want to start tanking. If they can snag like Reggie Bullock from them, uh, that all-star, would be a good all star Reggie Bullock. All star, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, but if if they can snag Reggie Bullock from them or some just some wing shooters like that would really help them in the long term. I mean, you could say that about every team, <laughs> just about. But yeah, but 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 they but do with handle, Russ's play style, you need that. You need, like, that. You need, you need people to stretch yeah. the floor. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Who's he going to pass it to? But the thing is, we say that, and he's playing on the same team with Paul George. So, what's going on there? Like, is Paul George and Russell Russ Russell? I can never get his name out of my mouth. Westbrook. Russell. Russell. Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> I do it every fucking time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like it's like. Um, What's that? What's that tongue twister? The uh, can you say Irish wristwatch? <laughs> Irish wrist. That's tough. Yeah. Irish wristwatch. Yeah. Say it three Irish times wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wrist. Yep. Uh, yep. That's how I am with Russell Westbrook. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving that in too. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, man, I, I agree with you. He doesn't really have that much help on the wing. He really needs to be able to pass the ball to someone. And if, if Paul George is the only person, so that's two guys that can shoot, but nobody else on the team, it's tough. But still, you would think that the star, their, their star power would outshine a lot of the teams they've played so far, and it just hasn't. They're just not gelling. I kind of think that it might be coaching. Uh, I think a coach, and I've been saying this yeah. for years, might be able to get Russell Westbrook to share the ball a little bit more or to think primarily about passing and like making activating other teammates that way it opens up everything for you. But I don't know. I mean, I think you'd have to be a really, really dominant personality and I just don't know that their coach is what the hell's his name again? Billy Donovan. Thank yeah. You, I, Billy. I've, I've been against Billy Donovan, like Billy Donovan for a while now. And I think, I think he's kind of cut from the same Scott Brooks cloth. Like they kind of just got a Scott Brooks clone. Yeah. To, to defend. So, yeah, I don't know, but I think the problems are in in the organization as a whole. Then they shouldn't they should not fall on Russ solely. No, that's fair. Of course, you know what you know what Russ is. He is what he yeah. is. I mean, we you know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, you know. You, you know? need somebody that's got. For me, I I still just I always go back to coaching. Like you need somebody that's going to be able to reach him on a personal level or whatever level it takes to get him motivated to change his game just enough. That, like, you know, his driving becomes a real threat. I mean, it's always a real threat, but, like, his driving opens other things up. And he finds, he uses that to find other people. And he also have to get shooters around him. It's it's difficult. I don't know. I just, I don't like the, the I don't want to say me first, but the hero ball. I admire it on one hand, but you really have to sort of, like, make him understand that, like, you could you could do a little bit better by by finding other guys. But you're right. It's your hand strength, your hand hamstrung a bit by the lack of shooters on that team. Yeah. And and he feels like he has to do it all. So Right. And I think if he would just, I don't know. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if he didn't feel like he could do it all, then he wouldn't be Russell Westbrook and he, his team probably wouldn't win. I, I, I don't know. It's I just think they need some help. Um, I'm doing a terrible job on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they need help. They need help. 
It's been, I'm, I, I got, you know, the season started, I was rusty, and then I haven't done a podcast in almost two weeks again, and now I'm rusty again. It goes away so fast. It's mm-hmm. really weird. Uh, do you want to talk about any more teams, or do you want to move on? Let's talk about my team. Let's talk about your team. Let's talk about the Pistons. I wanted, I wanted to give you a, a minute to gloat about their win over the Sixers. The first time they, <laughs> <laughs> the first time they beaten the Woo! Sixers in what three years? Detroit basketball is back. Mm-hmm. And then it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are they on so a four? Quick. Yeah, I know. They're on four like game a losing four streak. game losing streak. Yeah, that's yeah. that's tough, man. What's what's going on? What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Blake Griffin has been playing at an MVP level, Mm -hmm. and he has been putting the team on his back. Mm -hmm. Uh, The shooters for the Pistons, the wings, have been been like either non-existent, uh, where Luke Kennard has gotten hurt uh, early in the season, and and he was kind of rusty to start as well, or Reggie Bullock, um, who has been pretty bad this season from three and from basically everywhere on offense. Uh, So... Honestly, Stanley Johnson has been our best offensive wing, which is actually saying a lot. And Glenn Robinson III has been kind of put in the doghouse of recently. He's gotten some more playing time, like the last game or so, but he's he he hasn't really played much. Um, so the wings have been kind of spotty. Uh, Reggie Jackson, as a result of Blake Griffin being so ball dominant, has been relegated to like a spot up shooter. Um, and he's been mildly successful like that, but it's definitely not his strength, and you can tell. Um, Andre Drummond has been, has had foul trouble issues uh, for the first six games or so, um, but still manages to put up nearly 20 boards a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like a very strange team. They're still trying to figure out how to play under Coach Casey's system, um, but really the default is like dump it into Blake in the post, and if he gets the double, he'll find the open guy. If not, he'll score. And that worked for the first four games, as you probably know, uh, um, against Philly. But on Saturday against Boston, Brad Stevens completely exploited that, where he was sending the double before Blake even got the ball. And so now the Pistons offense kind of was scrambling to figure out some semblance of offense. And we, you know, of course got blown out. The game was a little more competitive in the second matchup against them on Tuesday, but still, like, not... Not great. And then, of course, we lost to Spencer Dinwiddie, former Piston, uh, <laughs> hitting a game winner uh, in Brooklyn. So, yeah, it hasn't been great of re- you know recently. But there are some promising pieces and promising things. Um, but, yeah, just a very strange start. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're 20th in offense, which is weird. Offensive rating. Uh, I thought they were a little bit better than that just because Blake has been, you know, hauling such a heavy load. I, I just felt like for whatever reason – they had a little bit better offense than that. But no, it makes sense because if he's doing everything by himself, I guess their offensive rating wouldn't be great. Um, but they're actually 14th in defense, defensive rating anyways. So it's not like they're they're not terrible. When they played the Sixers, um, they didn't have Ben Simmons and they just exploited that. There wasn't, you know, the Sixers sort of have the same problem, man. They don't have enough, especially when Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz are on the team at, or on the, and, and Dario Sarge right now. God, he's playing hor- horribly. When they're all on the court together, there's nobody to stretch the court. You have Covington and you have Embiid who can sort of stretch it a little bit, but he's like shooting at like 30% from three. You just dump it down into him and he, he gets a shot for you. But that's been their whole fucking offense. They're, they're sorry. We're talking, we're talking about the Pistons here. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there are a lot of similarities where it's very like center dominated or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, the issue is is when you give it to, to Blake Griffin in the post, um. Andre Drummond isn't really that great of a compliment to him. Um, Like a lot of his offense comes from offensive rebounds um, and putbacks. But I think what happens too often is that the ball is also ending up in Andre Drummond's hands in the post, which I think Duncan Smith had put a stat out there in uh, 2016. Yeah, 2016 where... Andre Drummond posted up a bunch, and he had also had terrible free throw uh, percentage, like 30% or 40%, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And Duncan had calculated that it was a better shot for him to take a free throw at that percentage than for him to be in the post, like in points per possession. Wow. Which is really surprising because he was 
historically one of the worst free throw shooters of all time. And he fixed um, it somehow, which is also and, yeah, really he surprising. Did. And so did DeAndre Jordan, which is also interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so yes. So when the ball finds itself in Drummond's hands in the post, it generally doesn't end well. He doesn't really pass out of it that well. Um, so those two gelling is really going to be important going to, like for the Pistons going forward. Yeah, I mean, that's... As we all expected. We, I mean, nobody expected <laughs> it to be a seamless fit, but they expected it to be a little bit better than it is right now. Yeah, and I just think that like if you're relying so much on Blake, while he's been incredible to this point in the season, um, he's going to wear down. He's going to wear down, and he has an injury history that I'm just waiting for him to get injured, which sucks, you know what I mean? But what, what, what happens when he's like not able to play? Then I, I'm just a little bit worried about what happens to the team going forward. It's not like you have a crater. Yeah. It's a little bit worrisome. It's just, yeah, you're right. It's not, it's, it's not a powerhouse team. I mean, I think if they keep, keep it up at this pace, it'll be great. They'll definitely make the playoffs. And I had them, I think at the sixth seed, maybe this year, fifth or sixth seed. And they started out really hot. Yeah. And Reggie Jackson has been playing really well. He's been hitting threes like crazy. I don't know about the last three games, but he was killing the Sixers. Um, So, and when is Kennard back? Is he still out? Yeah, he he like sprained his shoulder. I think it was actually in that game uh, against the against the Sixers, um, or maybe it was the Boston game on Saturday. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, he's out for I think three or four weeks. It wasn't. He's out for a while. Yeah, I think he's gonna be reevaluated in two weeks or something. AC joint yeah. sprain, and I mean I think that's a fairly big loss for him too because he's not bad. At least he can shoot. Yeah, he would provide much needing much needed spacing to that team. Yeah. Well, all right. So there, you got to gloat, and you also got to be depressed about. It sounds like a. You sound like a Pistons fan. (laughs) It's a roller coaster. It's it's always been a roller coaster, and it always will be. So there's so them starting four and zero, and then going zero and four is so predictable. Yeah, it's it's so Pistons. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We had a bunch of other things we wanted to cover, but we spent so much time on the first part. Do you want to give me three guys or give me two guys who are really surprising you this season that nobody else knows about so far? Oh, that nobody else knows about. All right. Um, it doesn't matter. Give me I any, think De- give me. <laughs> I think De'Aaron Fox has really impressed a lot of people see, this year. See, he was year, on my list too, but everybody are, knows about him. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, see, that was that. that's why I didn't want to say it. Um and then I, 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 I said this earlier, but I really don't like this guy, and I, I wish he would just go away. But <laughs> Derrick Rose is, has kind of like – he's not what he was before. And I, mm-hmm. I hate when people say like, oh, he's vintage Rose, and he, you know, whenever he goes, like, does some layup. But he has been a lot better than he has been. Um, he, if, he, if he ends the season as like a decent bench player for the Wolves, that would be – Way better than I had ever expected him to be. I thought, I thought after the Knicks, I thought he was never going to find a job. Right. No, oh, I think we all thought that he was. He was but absolutely now terrible. Him. Yeah. I mean, he's putting up. I still hate his guts. Yeah, we all hate his guts. <laughs> but he's having his best best numbers since I guess the twenty sixteen seventeen season. He's averaging eighteen point eight points per game, uh, five assists, four four rebounds, somewhere around there. I mean, yeah, I hate his guts too. I mean, I like to say that I don't hate them personally because I don't know them personally, but he's kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> I think if, any, if you've read anything about that whole rape thing, uh, just being associated with that, he's kind of a dirtbag. Um, and, you know, just even aside of that, his interviews in, in the media are just miserable. They're just terrible. Like, he tells you nothing. I just don't think he's, comp- like, particularly bright. I don't think he's a particularly good dude. Um I'm not a big Rose guy. Go on. Give me one no, more player. No, he's terrible. He's an yeah. awful person. Yeah. Give me one more person that's not going to So you want, me. okay, so I gave you, <laughs> okay, so Darren Fox, Derek Rose, um, ah, man, I'll get, a lot right, of people let, are really disappointed. Let me give you, me let me give you a guy that I've, I don't know if anybody's been noticing, but Tim Hardaway is playing out of his mind yes. this year. He's averaging 26, three and three, but he's shooting 40, 41% from three. Man, he's had a couple of really good games. I, I don't know if you've watched any of the Knicks games. It's probably because I live in New York, but I've tuned in for a few. They're not good, but they're so much fun. They're playing a really exciting like brand of basketball. They're just up and down the court and shooting from everywhere. 
It's it's just it's fun to watch. And I just I kind of think that Tim Hardaway is underrated. I've been thinking this the last couple of years. He's a, he's a decent defender. He's not like the best creator in the world. But man, the dude can shoot. And it's just it, I don't know, it's fun to watch him. I mean, he's also like making a lot of money. So I I I think calling him like underrated is kind of like it's misguided because he's really performing you, to sir. his contract. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's a little misguided. He's, <laughs> it's a little misguided. I mean, because, like, I mean, he's performing well, no doubt. Performing that, at that level for that, like, at that price. Yeah. All right. Well, let me, I, I want to, I, sorry, my internet cut out just for a hot second again. And I couldn't hear you. Let me, <laughs> I want to look at his contract quick to see what he's making. He, this year, I think he's it's making, like 16 million. It's 18.1. All right. So, 18. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, no, he's making 17 this year, 18 next year, and 18 the year after that. I mean, it's not a huge contract. He, I think he's playing up to that contract. I don't think he's overpaid. It's a four-year, no, no. $71 million but, dollar but, deal. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm yeah. saying, though. I mean, yeah. it's not like he's making $3 million and performing the way he is. Like he, he's, he's performing to his contract's level. That's fair. Okay, fair enough. I, I just think he was so bad before that we're like, wow, he looks he's, he's pretty good now, but this is really what <laughs> – the Knicks have intended for him to be the entire time. True. I'm a fan. But I agree. They are playing a very fun, a fun style of basketball. And I'm very excited to see like when, um, uh, what's his name? Kristaps Porzingis comes back. Oh God. Yeah. That should be amazing. And, Uh, and Kevin Knox, when Kristaps and Kevin Knox both get back, I think Kevin Knox is still out. I'm not sure. No, he wasn't playing the last game I saw. So (laughs) I can't watch every game. Um, anyway, I, just acting like you're criticizing me, even though you said nothing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll give you one. Okay, yeah. I have like one guy that has really surprised me this season. Yes. And it's somebody that everybody's heard about, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to follow that rule. But it's Steph Curry. That dude yeah. is playing out of his mind right and now. Fuego. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know what game it was. I think it was against the Kings. But he was just – he like was just chucking up shots from God knows – hitting them and i have never in my life seen anything like that before and i don't know like if you took even the second best like if you took clay thompson for example and you had him take those kind of shots that steph curry was taking i don't think he hits him at the same clip that steph curry does steph curry is doing something unreal and we are seeing like a historic start to the season and it's really exciting totally absolutely he's he I think he's playing the most efficient basketball of his entire career. I think he's doing something that, like, he's even beating his own pace. Um, which is which crazy. Which MV- the, una- the only unanimous MVP ever, right? It's nuts, yeah. People keep, like, he, he, everyone keeps talking about how Steph Curry might actually be, like, in the conversation for MVP this year, and it's crazy to think because he has to play so incredibly well because he's on the same team with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. And like he would have to have an otherworldly season in order to even be considered in that conversation because those guys like take some of the shine away from a star, but he's absolutely doing that. But speaking of, I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible what he's doing. And I think we're all impressed by that too. Uh, I'm actually impressed by buddy healed. He's uh he's averaging, mm-hmm. 18 points, six rebounds, and he's shooting 44% from three. He's actually starting to come around to be a player. And do you know the Sacramento Kings right now are six and three? Six and three. That's crazy. It's crazy. What's their standing in the West? Because I I, I imagine if the playoffs uh, started today, yeah, they would be in the playoffs, right? They're fifth in the West. It's insane. It's insane to look at them and their roster and their record and then look at the Houston Rockets and their roster and their record and compare the two. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre. I don't know what's going on, but I love De'Aaron Fox. I've been high on him. Even last year when he wasn't playing well, I was like – this is one guy I believe is going to figure it out, unlike Markel Fultz. <laughs> I just like, I, oh man, I yeah, God, he had a really good game last night though in the third quarter for a couple of seconds. We all saw what he could potentially be, be and I don't think he'll ever live up to it. Anyway, I'll tell you who I don't believe wow. on on that team though is their first round pick, uh, Marvin Bagley. I'm not a believer. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I get, I, I'm, I just think that that. 
the other picks would have been so much better than him. I, it just yeah. didn't make any sense why they picked him. It was a redundant pick. I mean, I mean, he's averaging 13 points a game. So there's that and 6.9 rebounds. It's not bad. He's only playing 23 minutes. I just don't – I don't know, man. I, I don't know. But the, the Kings are fun. They're up and down. They don't play a great bunch of defense, but they're middle of the pack in the standings. So they're fun. I'm, I'm hopeful for them. They're a really young, exciting team. And it's about time the Kings have something to root for, you know? Kings fans, sorry. All right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just looking forward to well, not looking forward to. I'm just waiting for them to inevitably mess it up. They will. Like they'll trade somebody or they'll create some stupid rumor or do something stupid to to ruin it. And and it's it's going to happen because nothing has changed in that front office. It's the same. It's the same people. I mean, let's hold um, on hope. But I, you know what I see happening? I see them getting good, and then they pull a Kings from a couple of years ago when they outperformed expectations by a lot and then traded everything right away to get win-now players, and they just destroyed their franchise again. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worried they're going to do something like that. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. All right, so we already talked about Derrick Rose in 50. Do you think... Do you think he keeps it up for the season? Do you think he like he has more of those games in him this season, or if it's just a fluke? What do you think? Has he more fifty point games? No way. Not fifty point, but more... I'm gonna say it right now. If he, I mean, I, I think, I think if he can, I mean, like I said earlier, like if he can just be a a contributor off the bench, like a like a spark plug, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better term, like if. If if he can be that off of the Wolves bench, that would be way way more than I ever expected for him to be. He might he he's he's not gonna drop fifty anymore. He might drop twenty off the bench. He might drop fifteen, but that's good. If you if you drop in a semi efficient uh, point total, and you're able to find others, whether it's through assists or one off assists, mm-hmm. then I'm perfectly fine with him taking those shots and scoring those points. Yeah, I'm with you. I I also did not think he had a career left, and I didn't mind not seeing him play again. I'm I was shocked, just as you said, that he found another job after New York, and he could go away tomorrow. I wouldn't care. I don't think this is the like. There's there's Derek Rose stands out there. You know that they're like as bad as Kobe stands. There's not nearly as many of them, but they're also fucking delusional. And the guys that that stand for Derek Rose are just like. Oh, God, it's annoying as shit. You see him on Twitter, you're like, see, Derrick Rose is still MVP. Like, oh, God, shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah, they had so much ammo with that game. Like, yeah. They'll be riding this high for, like, the next three years. Oh, for the, yeah, until he retires. Um, I mean, the weird thing to me, though, is it is his biggest point total in his career. So that's bizarre. But I would have thought that he would have hit 50 at least once, like in the 2011 season when he was MVP. But I don't know. Good for him, I guess. Nobody cares. Jimmy Butler saga we already talked about. Nobody cares. What do you think about Ty Lue getting fired? I, it's, I'm I'm on the fence because on one hand, Ty Lue isn't. I, I've always thought that he wasn't that great of a coach. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like, you you strip this roster of what I think is the greatest player in NBA history. And you don't really retool, you don't replace, and your next best player gets hurt for an extended amount of time in Kevin Love. And you have J.R. Smith as the guy to take the reins from that point forward. And I I don't know what they had expected. Did they expect to be in playoff contention right away? I just think there was a little bit of delusion uh, involved in this decision, but I just don't know if you would have put anybody in that situation. I- gonna, you know, gonna New York. Uh, anyway, you were saying Ty Lue getting fired. You don't <laughs> think anybody in that situation before my fucking internet cut out? You don't think anybody in that situation would have thrived? I think is what you're gonna say. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think if you would have put anybody back there, regardless if it's Greg Popovich or if you put me back there, I think we would have all had the same result. I think you would have had a better result, to be honest with you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now I kind of, I, I don't know how bad to feel about Ty Lue. I mean. I actually, to be honest with you, felt worse with him when he was coaching LeBron James because that must have been a miserable situation. And you could tell because the dude had a panic attack. Having that kind of pressure on anybody right. is not good for you. So I actually felt pretty good for him this season. I was like, he's going to be fine. He's going to, you know, let's see if he can actually coach. 
It's absolutely not his fault that they suck. They suck. <laughs> they have nobody on that team. Um, he might have gotten, you know, I, I actually think Ty Lue will find another job. I'm not that worried about that. Uh, and I'm not really that concerned that he got a raw deal either because I think they still have to pay him the remainder of his salary. So it might be best. Oh, for he's him. sitting pretty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah he's sitting pretty. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll probably get like an assistant coach job somewhere at least, maybe another head coaching job. Maybe he ends up in L.A. I don't know. There's a bunch of drama going on over there with Luke Walton. I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But would you, let, we'll see. Hypothetically, if LeBron James wanted you to coach his team in L.A., would you say yes after the, sh- the fucking time he had in, in Cleveland? Like me personally? If you were Lo- Ty Lue, and you know that— Oh, if I was Ty Lue. Because if it was me personally, I absolutely <laughs> would say yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, if you knew all about LeBron James, you knew the player he is, you know everything that comes with him— and he still wants you to coach his team again. And like, cause you had a good working relationship for the most part, but LeBron really didn't listen to Ty Lue. He just did his own thing. Would you actually coach him again? I would. Yeah, I would. But with the understanding that this team, like, like the Lakers are not going to win this year. They're not going to win next year. Right. It's a long-term goal for them. And if the expectation of winning or lack thereof is going to be communicated across Ty Lu, LeBron, and the organization as a whole, then I'd be on board with it. But I don't think that's the case. I think the organization wants to win. I think LeBron James, I'm I'm sure he wants to win too, but I don't think his focus is necessarily on the court. Um, so I so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Probably. All right. Fair enough. If I was Ty Lu, I would run for the hills. I'd be like, no, dude, <laughs> we've been down this road before. It's like, you know, a long relationship. You were in it. It was miserable. Everybody, all your friends could see that it was going to end poorly. And, and then it ends. You don't go back to that. You just don't. <laughs> just saying. Anyway, Sham, I, you know, we took a 10 minute break there because I had to restart my internet and my computer and all my modems and all this shit just so we can come back and I could say, hey, why don't you plug your stuff and we'll get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you can follow me at Sham Sham God. Um, you can listen to my podcast, Two Gods and a Goose. Uh, we're a very like atypical sports podcast. We do a little bit of sports, but in the last podcast we had a ghost hunter on, and we debated uh, a power ranking of Halloween candies. So, Ooh, what was the consensus? There was no consensus was because the, Keith your... is. So I so I love candy corn. Oh. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people are like that. Um, <laughs> We did agree that um, the Reese's products fall within each of our top tens. All right. I like the pieces more. He's more of a cups guy. Hmm. Um, but the peanut M&Ms are my number one. Uh, but you can listen to the pod and hear the rest of the, the, the top five um, You know, on the last episode. Uh, you can find my writing at, at Motor City Made uh, or at, at Moat City Made on Motor City Made, the website. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be writing for the B-Ball index as well. So yeah, definitely keep an eye out, but Twitter is definitely the best way to interact with me. And I love interacting with people on Twitter. It's one of my hobbies. So yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Cool, man. It's always a pleasure. Of course. It's always a pleasure to have you next time you can host and, uh, maybe you'll do a better job than I did. <laughs> At least the internet won't cut out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. All right, Jim, I'm going to pause this thing. Shamik Mohile, everybody. Go check him out. Uh, That's me for this week. I'll talk to you again next week.